0: Hey, this is Shelly Zan, and this is the Impact Over Influence podcast. I hope that you receive whatever it is that God has for you today. Okay, everyone, as sad as it is, we have come to the end, to the conclusion of our Abide Bible study of abiding in Jesus, what total attachment him looks like, the way that we should desire it and think of it as a necessity. And it's been amazing. I pray that you have gotten so much out of this series as much as I have. I pray that you've gotten more out of it even than I have, because God has just revealed himself in so many new ways throughout this. If you have not been able to listen to all of them, I really suggest that you do. They all, um, even if you didn't do them in order, it doesn't matter, guys. Just go ahead and, and dig into all the word that God has given us through this. I pray that you have shared it, that it's encouraged other people, maybe that you've been doing it in your small group, Also, we have one thing just to kind of, I wanted to let you guys know about our conference coming up before we kick off this episode. If you have not gotten your ticket to the appointment with Jesus, go ahead and do that. If you want to know anywhere else that we speak this fall and that I'll be at, go to impactoverinfluence.org and you guys can see the entire schedule on there. It can also, if you want to partner With us to be like, hey, look, like I can tell God's inviting you places and you're going, you're doing things, and I just want to sow into that. I know that God will bless you because of it. So I just uh, wanted to put that out there, allow you guys to know things that maybe you haven't been aware of. Let's get started. The best has definitely been saved for last. Today's episode is going to be called Abiding for Nourishment. I feel like this day and age, the, the, the New Day church, the church that we're in right now in this year of 2023, there's so many Christians that feel so weak, so defeated. And all that God has kept telling me over and over and over, the reasoning behind this is because they are malnourished. So we're going to talk about that today. John 15, 4, we've been in John 15 every week. This is actually the same set of verses that we started with. It says, abide in me as I abide in you because you can bear no fruit on your own. I'm the vine and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We are not capable of being spiritually equipped, spiritually sustained by being apart from him. And when our spirit is weak, our minds are weak, our thoughts are weak, our physicality. You might be physically weak. You might be sick in bed even whenever you're spiritually weak. And I want for us to not have to be that way. I want for us to know what the truth of God says to know we don't have to be malnourished in the spirit. We can be edified and built up and nourished through the word of God. In Matthew 4, 4, Jesus is in the desert and the devil's tempting him. And all Jesus is doing is just spitting outward, spitting outward. And one of the things that he says to him is he says, If you're so hungry and you're so weak, turn that into bread. And he's like, look, my father says that you cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from his mouth. The words that come from God's mouth, y'all, is the Bible. Luckily, still in America, we have access to it. We have access to the buffet, (laughs) y'all. None of us want to say like, oh, we're so ready to study the Bible, but I guarantee you're ready to feast on some good food. Feasting on good food is feasting on the Bible. Your spirit needs this. It needs every part of this. And so today as we talk about nourishment, as we talk about Jesus being the bread of life, how the word is also called bread, we're going to realize what the true necessity is to have it and to consume it, to digest it and not spit it out. So the nourishment comes from the vine. We as the branches are connected to the vine just to keep in the placement of our whole abiding series as the branch were connected to the vine, but the vine is connected, right? That's what God the Father is, y'all. The ground that is planted and the nutrients that come from it, where are you planted? What church are you planted in? Who is surrounding you as a body of believers? Maybe you don't have a home church. Maybe you work out of town a lot. I don't know, but you need to be surrounded by people. You need to be planted. You need to be rooted in the word of God because those roots bring nutrients to the vine, to you as a branch to be able to grow you and produce fruit in you. We need this nourishment to survive, y'all. The plant dies. You as a Christian, your spirit will still go to heaven, but your spirit will not thrive. It will die if it's not being nourished by the word. My pastor this past Sunday said this. um, It's a quote from Charles Spurgeon, and I heard it, and I was just like, ooh, that's too good not to share. So the famous theologian, Charles Spurgeon, was asked a question. He says, is it more important to pray or is it more important to read God's word? And his, was, his answer was quick. It was sharp. And what he said was, is it important to breathe in or to breathe out? When we breathe in, as a Christian, we breathe in the word of God. When we pray, we are exhaling. We are interceding. We are speaking. We are asking. We are giving thanks We are breathing out, but y'all breathing in is so important. Are you breathing in the word of God? When you take in the word of God, you take in Jesus himself. John 1, 1, 1 through 2, it says, In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And then that very next sentence, it says, He was with God in the beginning. He, that he's talking about being the word of God, that's Jesus All of them are one. God has been speaking since the beginning of time and Jesus was there present. He came to life. He came in the flesh on earth to live a sinless life for you and I. Okay, what about the days when we put poison in our bodies? Let's talk about that. Maybe you're consuming, maybe you're weak, maybe you're weak, but you feel like you've been eating a bunch of stuff. But if it's not nourishing you, it's not sustaining you, it's not giving you energy and zeal and life as a believer, then maybe what you're consuming is something that's false and has no kind of nutrients. What I'm meaning is maybe you're not really reading the word of God. Maybe you're big into self-help. Maybe you're big into motivational speaking. Maybe you're big into something that might be good, but a strawberry Pop-Tart does not have the same nutrients as an actual strawberry. Okay. That's what I want us to think of here. What is the actual nutrients that we're getting? If this is supposed to sustain us, this alone can only be the thing to do it. All kinds of platforms are amazing. I'm not saying that they're not. I'm, not. I'm not dogging anybody for that. Please hear me out. What I'm saying is that only God's word is God's word. Men that come in and out and tell you other things, it's not going to sustain you like the, only the word of God can. It can't nourish your spirit like only the word of God can. So what are you consuming? Where are you feeding yourself? Is it a bunch of junk food? Or is it something that's actually going to sustain you? We can't lose our dependency on God's word. We can't, we can't get, maybe, maybe, you know, when you became a believer, we know that through the word of God, we we're able to even receive salvation by knowing one scripture says that we are a sinner in need of a savior, that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, right? Like those are our salvation scriptures. But if it's the word of God that saved you, it's also going to be the word of God to sustain you. It's a continual thing. It's over and over and over. And sometimes as our life as believers, we get to where, okay, we got the salvation part, but now we're not as dependent on the word as once we were. What I'm telling you today, friends, what I'm telling every single listener right now is that God wants you to depend on his word. He wants for you to crave it. He wants for you to know that you are understanding it. He wants it to speak to your spirit. He wants it to build you up. Y'all, it's filled with all kinds of things that we actually need. The Bible provides instruction, y'all. It's the playbook. It's the playbook to tell you what's gonna go on. Then he gives you the Holy Spirit that's gonna tell you what's gonna go on. God himself is gonna go into rooms and prepare them for you to know what's going on. The instruction that comes biblically is so important to raise our kids, to run our businesses, to be in our marriages, The instruction alone from this book is so necessary for our lives to be successful anyway. It's full of affirmations. Affirmations, affirmations. What I am, what I am not, whose I am, whose I am not. To be affirmed by the word of God, y'all, is a straight up armor. It is stiff, it is sturdy, it will hold you up. The word of God tells us to put on our armor, right? Anything from sandals of peace to the helmet of salvation. Pray God's word. Maybe you've never been told that or taught that. Go pray Ephesians 6, the armor of God, to put on yourself. Those When you know that you start your day that anchored and armored up, that's an affirmation above all. To know, I know that I've done my part to stand against the schemes of the devil. But you have to depend on that depending on God's word, to even seal you up and arm you up in the first place. The affirmations that come from God are meant to encourage us, to lift us up on those hard days, y'all. It, the Bible gives us promises to where we know that even when what around us doesn't look so good, we know that the prom, who the promise keeper is. The word of God is so important, and I want to tell you why. Just a few things why. Number one, it's written by God. It's not written by human. It's not written by a human. God is not a human, and he cannot lie, fail, disappoint, or mislead. God is incapable of doing all of those things. So if a book is written by God and not man, there's no way that it can have fault. There's no way that it won't be effective. There's no way that it won't work because of who wrote it. All the, all the scripture that's in this book is penned by people, but it's, it is literally breathed by the Holy Spirit himself, by God himself. The second one I wrote down is because God cares about you. And anything that tells you that he doesn't, doesn't go along with scripture because God created you. God does not create things that he does not care about. He cares about you. You could literally read the playbook from the person that invented you. Y'all, that's a, that's a no-fail process. The third one is that your own strength is not sufficient. God's word is stronger than you are. God's word is stronger than you are. It can do things that you can't. It has strength that you don't. That's why it is so important that you take it in, that you know it, that you read it, that you understand that God looks forward to get to be with you in it. He's ready to be like, yes, open the page so I can say something to you. Answer the phone. Answer the call. Read my word. And the last one is that God has the power to change your eternity. This book breathed by God Almighty Himself. Only God has the power to change what happens to you after this life. Whether you believe that you have a life after this or not, that's totally up to you. But what I'm saying is, according to this book, you do. And only faith in Him is able to change any of that. Guys, if you understood what a short piece of your life, that this one actually is, that we're living here on earth. Your eternal life is so big. Right now, leaning on him is what's able to get us there. Believing in him right now is what's able to get us there. Trusting in him, having faith in him, loving him, keeping his commands. All these things are added into what's coming for us next. So the word of God. When God speaks to us through his word, He gives life. He speaks to us through his word, y'all, but it is our responsibility to take it in. It's our responsibility to digest it and not spit it out. You know, whenever I got to thinking about that, the whole digesting, taking it in and spitting it out, I got to thinking about our kids. You know, whenever a baby's a baby and they're getting off of milk and they're getting on solid food, it's like they don't know what to do with it, right? It's like, no, keep on feeding it to them because eventually they're gonna understand, okay, I'm supposed to swallow this. Right now, I don't like the texture. Right now, I don't like the way it tastes. Right now, I don't know what to do with it. But you see, over time, a baby does. And then a baby starts to crave it. Then a baby understands, okay, when my tummy is empty, I want what's on that table. I'm gonna reach for what's on that plate. The word of God is like that too. Just because in the beginning stages, or maybe you've been a Christian for 15 years, you've really just never been rooted in the word of God. It takes time. It takes getting in it. It takes staying in it for you to learn that, oh, this texture isn't something I want to spit out. You get a desire for it. You start to crave it. And then you keep on reaching for it because you know what it's doing for you. But also when a baby starts to eat, normally they want something that's sweet. They want something that tastes good, right? All kids love candy. But why don't adults want to gorge on candy? Because an adult understands what the effects of that has on them. You see what I'm saying? Let's talk about this spiritual maturity, right? Okay, y'all stay with me. When a baby, they want all the sugar they can take in. But then as an adult, you realize, ooh, the more sugar I have, I'm a little bit stove up. I got in, I'm got i inflamed. I'm sick at my stomach. I feel bloated. My blood sugar's high. Now I'm tired. You see, you want what's new, new what's bringing you nutrients to be able to sustain you, to keep you feeling good. If we stay infants on scriptures that only build us up and don't correct us, then we don't end up being able to see what the lasting effects of that are. God wants you to consume the whole word that he has, not just little parts that taste good and are sweet for the time being. Because when we get to leaning on those verses— Instead of the context, instead of the books and chapters of those verses, we're only getting the little bit of nutrients that they're supposed to bring us, right? My son all the time is like, Mom, I can have ice cream for breakfast because it's got dairy. And I'm like, yeah, but there's a whole lot more added into that that's harming you. I hope that made sense to somebody. I feel like it did. So do you feel like you believe the word of God and actually digest it? I don't know. I want for you to ask yourself that. What's the amount of food you're taking in? If you don't take in the word of God every day, that means you don't have anything to spiritually eat for that day. God does not want that for you. Maybe you don't even digest the word of God at all in a week's time, except for on Sunday mornings. What would happen to you if you only ate one meal on Sunday morning? How do you think you're gonna get about Wednesday? Me, I'm going to be jacked up on Monday. Think about these things, guys. As believers, it's necessary for us to be nourished, for us to be connected to the vine so that we can have fruit produced in us. When you read the word of God, it helps you have self-control. When you read the word of God, it helps you to love and forgive others. Whenever you read the word of God, it gives you joy in the affirmations on the life that he is wanting to give you in abundance. You see what I'm saying? That nourishment through the vine is what gives our fruit its flavor. It's what gives our fruit beauty. It's important. Okay, so Jesus says that man cannot live on bread alone, and then he also calls himself the bread whenever he says, take a part in my body, right? We're going to get there in a little bit about communion and just consumption. But right now, I want to read some verses in John chapter 6. This is going to be when Jesus feeds the 5,000. Jesus feeds us, okay? He fed them, not just with food for that day, but as he was preaching, he was feeding them the word of God. He was giving them nourishment. But I love this actual story in the Bible because it just correlates the two. He didn't just feed them the word of God and heal them and give them freedom amongst their transgressions and their iniquities and their demon possession and their bodies and all the things y'all he was healing a lot this day but then when it got late in the afternoon the the gospel of luke when it tells this story it says that it got late in the afternoon y'all people got hungry hungry people needed something to put in their body and it's really neat how this all went down most of you know this story but i want for you to bear with me i want you to listen to it because i really feel like the holy Spirit's going to minister it to you in a new way Okay, I'm gonna start in John chapter six, verse five. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him for he already had in mind what he was gonna do. Don't you love that when Jesus questions you about something knowing good and well, he's already got the answer. He's like, how are we gonna pay the bill this month? And he's wanting you to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Okay, keep going. Verse seven, Philip answered him, It would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. And there was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves over by those who had eaten. Whoa, 12 baskets left over and 12 disciples to actually carry that. Hmm, that means something. First, though, I want to go over a few things. Jesus asked because he wanted them to be aware that their need miracle needed to take place. You need me. That's what he's saying right there. How are we going to feed these people? And they're like, well, we don't know. It'd take this much wages. He's like, yeah, you need me to do it. You need me to do it. What I'm telling you right now, whatever you're going through in your life and you got a need, you need God to do it. You need God to come in and multiply. But then what happens is a small boy, a small boy with five barley loaves and two small fish come up. Y'all, that's a sack lunch for that boy. He had been there. I'm assuming he was there with his, his family. And he had his little sack lunch. Either way, he took it up to the disciples. And he's like, look, I don't know, but I'm supposed to give this. Maybe his mom said like, hey, look, you remember that? You brought, you better go take it to that disciple, man. I don't know how it went down, but I want to ask you, if God needed to use you and what he is, what you have, as little as it may seem to give it to 5,000 other people, would you put it in his hands? Would you keep it for yourself and be like, you know what? I need this because it's the end of the day and I'm hungry. I need this at the end of my life because it's my retirement and it's all I have. I need this. Whatever it is, I need this for myself. Or would you say, you know what? I'm going to put it in the hands of the one that I know that can multiply it. I'm going to trust. I'm going to let go of my control. Maybe it's something else that you have to give. Maybe it's a talent. Maybe it's time. Maybe you just got retired and now you just have time that other people don't have. I don't know. But what I'm saying is that if we won't start abiding in Christ and believing in him enough that we can give him what we do have, instead of always asking him for more, let's give him what we do have so that he can multiply it. So then time goes on. Everybody ends up eating. Not only did everybody end up eating, but there was leftovers, right? 12 disciples with 12 baskets. What I'm telling you is that God has multiplied his body. God has multiplied himself, and given us all the Holy Spirit that each disciple has a basket full of bread. You as a disciple of Christ, as a follower of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, you have enough in your basket. You have the word of God to give to people. That is your basket full of bread because they can't live off a natural bread alone. They need spiritual bread. They need nourishment. And he's given you a basket full of it. Are you going to go hand it out now? Are you going to go allow him to give out what he's already placed inside you through his spirit? I pray that you will. That is why it's important that you get the bread through scripture so that you can give the bread out. So others are able to consume your fruit. So whenever I was in Israel, um, if you're watching on YouTube right now, you're going to see this. You're going to see it up close. I'm just holding it right now. But this plate means a lot to me. I got it at a little gift shop while we were over there in Jerusalem. And it actually has, it's just kind of a mosaic type look. And it has two fish and it has a basket. But this basket only has four loaves of bread in it. And I was like, well, we know that it's five loaves and two fish. So they done messed up. (laughs) Like these people messed up the verse. They got it wrong. And I didn't say that out loud, luckily, but our tour guide, he ended up telling this story, right? And he gets to that part of like, well, why do you think there's only four loaves in here in Israel through this symbolism? Why do you think there's only four loaves? And out of nowhere, I just screamed because of Jesus. Jesus is the bread. He's the fifth loaf, y'all. He picked his body apart on the cross. As he died, he picked himself. So that we would be able to know him and to consume who he is to have access to the Father. He said, I give you my body. My body I give up to you so that you can partake in the kingdom of God. May we all not just spit that out. May we digest it and consume it and then want to share it with other people. May we not just say, This tastes bland, church is boring. This Christian life isn't as fun. All this junk that we tell ourselves or that other people say and then we start believing it's trash. But to know that your Savior gave himself up so that you could partake in who he is is absolutely amazing. And I'm addicted to the thought that I get to partake in who he is. I pray for opportunity that I can be involved in being where he is doing what he's doing. It's so important as we abide in him that then we start to see that like, no, that's what I want. I want those intimate moments with you. Intimacy is communion with Christ. Whenever we know in Corinthians, whenever we get instruction for the Lord's Supper and to partake in communion, right? The cup is the blood, the body as the bread, the unleavened bread. When we consume it and we digest it, that's the intimate part. And right now we live in a world where everyone is so scared of sickness. They're scared of losing jobs. They're scared of our government. They're scared of the COVID or they're scared of, scared of, scared of, scared of, scared of. And we have all these fears yet. None of us are choosing to fear coming in front of God almighty, Jehovah and him saying, depart from me. I do not know you. So as I pick apart that word, that word in the Greek of depart me, I do not know you. Knowing is being intimate. It's also described in Luke whenever he talks about the intimacy with a woman and a man. That word intimate, you were never intimate with me. I was never one with your body. I was never abiding in you. I wasn't dwelling in you. We need, as a necessity, we need the nourishment and the stability of Jesus Christ day in and day out we need it every single day we don't need to go a week without it we don't need to go a day without it we really don't even need to go a moment without it guys we need the nourishment abiding in Christ every single day maybe you're hungry right now not just physically hungry but maybe you're just spiritually hungry get in your word open it up to some random page and watch what he speaks to you Pray over it before you even open it. Be like, you know what? I need direction. I need provision. I need strength. I need patience. I don't know, but I need something. I'm weak right now. Pray over your handheld scripture. Pray over your Bible app. However you access the word of God. Pray over that and be like, Lord, I'm just asking that you would speak to me in a mighty way. And you open it up and you see what he says. And his word is also awesome because it never returns void. It always does something. Not just for us, but others around us, others in our life. Y'all, we don't know how we're supposed to do this thing right. We don't. We all mess up every single day in so many areas of our lives. Or I know I do. But I know that if I go to this book, it's true and it will never lead me astray. If I will do this, I will be successful. If I will do this, I will be righteous and I will be right. Nothing in this book I can do wrong. If I choose to stick to this plan. Communion with Christ is all about the consumption of Christ. May we all seek to consume him more and more. Days are here that the body of Christ has to be strong and efficient. And to do that, we have to make sure that we are not malnourished. That we're not just holding on and eating a bunch of junk food. That we're not having idols in our lives that are just filling us up for a short time, but they're not giving us any nutrients. We need to be spiritually secure, spiritually strong, in the faith. We need to be spiritually adequate so that we can be ineffective and make a true impact in this world that we're living in right now. God is calling up the church, which is you and I as believers, to be able to do something, to not be helpless and ineffective and weak, but to be strong in the word that he has given us. Okay, so to end this today, I want to read John fifteen four again. This is the verse that this entire Abide series has been centered around. We've been in this entire chapter, week after week after week. I pray that it has nourished you. I pray that it's given you insight, that it's made your belly full. So full that you want to go give that out to somebody else. It says this, verse 4, Remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. Consistency every day. That's what that verse is telling us. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Lean into me every day. Listen to me every day. Speak to me every day. Read my word every day. Abide in me so that I can abide in you every day. Let's stop trying to live our lives without him. Let's stop trying to make decisions without him. Let's stop trying to have these templates and legalism flooding and suffocating the spirit. Let's stop that and just abide in Christ. He's enough. He's enough. And he's the only thing that's going to give us nutrients. As we digest his word, he speaks to us. And as we pray in his name, the father hears us. Know that your prayers are being heard in Jesus' name. Know that if you're wondering right now, am I even abiding in Christ? The fact that you're asking, that means you care. And that's awesome. And God's going to honor that. And he's going to keep doing things in you. He's going to keep growing you. He's going to keep producing better fruit, more in quantity, more in quality. It's going to be seen. And I pray that your fruit is so delicious and that other people are consuming it and that you're just handing it out because you know the one that you're getting it from. You know your power source. Your light is shining bright, brighter than ever before because you know that the power of that only comes from Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining me in this entire seven-week series. I pray that it blesses you. I pray that it goes so far. And I pray that the word of God just starts seeping inside each one of us in such a deep way like never before. And I will see you here Impact Over Influence next time. Thank you so much for listening. And I encourage you that you can have a relationship with the one that created you. So spread Jesus.